What's good, people? It's the Demo Team Podcast. We're here with uh, Ghost Shaft. Ayo. Or Quentin, <laughs> mm-hmm. as we know him. How you doing, man? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing sure, great, not man. Too bad. Not too bad. Great to have you on the show, dude. Like We're huge fans of not just your work with uh, Ghost Chef, but Keanu DiCaprio, your appearances on J-Tubes, and the array of just like awe-inspiring like, video work you do, dude. It's like it's great to have you on here today. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I enjoy your guys' podcast. Let's do yeah, uh, I was going to say, oh, you always shout man. us out on, on IG, and we appreciate that, man. Yeah, I try to do it more. I, I have like a list of people I try to get to, and I kind of just do it in bundles, and I kind of at the bottom so that kind of it's SL, SOL but might have to take some people off to like raise you up in my uh, <laughs> workflow my workflow I guess Put it's, all, it's all good man but uh, no yeah I, I like what you guys do it's fun appreciate that dude appreciate to hear it. It. I guess um, I get to start us off like yeah just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for those who don't know you, what you do, and and yeah, we'll we'll go from there. All right, um, I'm a I guess a music producer now, so I uh, produce hip hop and uh, produce like indie rock and experimental. I get I don't know industrial pop stuff. Um, I started off playing guitar like when I was 16 uh, and started like a grunge band and went through the progressive post hardcore phase and um moved out to california and i was like this is where i'll start my music career and i'll find a band and then uh, i never really found a band but i met uh sam which is in keanu dicaprio uh by trying out for his band i think maybe ryan or aldrin uh like recommended me but anyway i met sam didn't hit it off with swim gustavo so i started a side project with Sam, which was going to be a band called Mount Dakota. Uh, that fell through. Then we just started making hip hop. Cause he was like, well, I'm already, I'm going to start rapping. I was like, well, I always want to make beats. So I just started making beats kind of catered to what Sam wanted or tried to at least. Cause I'm, I wasn't that great. And then, uh, yeah, that was two years ago. So, uh, I branched off from making Keanu DiCaprio stuff to making like more video game stuff. Like you hear, uh, on my solo, like go sit, go shaft stuff. And, uh, I also have a band now with a buddy of mine here in Indiana called Boule. Boule. <sighs> what kind of music you guys making? Uh, I don't know. Indie rock, I guess. I'll just say that very, very uh, ambient. Yeah. All right. So you have a pretty, uh, eclectic taste in music. Like, like you said, you're, Kind of like a, a hip-hop producer, but you tried out for Slim Gustavo, who's kind of like post-hardcore. You mentioned grunge and, and indie rock. Can you, um, I guess, take us back to like maybe high school? What were some of like your early uh, influences? What were you like listening to back in the day? Uh, it was like Kanye West, Animal Collective, Maps and Atlases, Terra Mellos, uh, Fall of Troy, um uh, Duck Duck Goose or Pollution People, uh, See You Next Tuesday, like uh, those were like those are the ones that come to my mind the most. I listened to like frantically, had to have them on all, all times. Dude, shout out Duck Duck Goose, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really into them and and like Heavy Heavy Lolo. Uh, mm-hmm. You also mentioned See You Next Tuesday, but 
I, yeah, like, like I first was more of a hip hop head, so like I can relate to like the early Kanye West stuff was was dope. Really, all the way up until my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, like yeah, that, same. That yeah, album was dope, and I mean Animal Collective. I I don't think I knew anybody in high school that was listening to that, so that's pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, um, was Animal Collective back around then? Was They've that been around a band? while. Really? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like realize early that. 2000s, yeah. hmm Yeah, they used to just make songs like when they were on acid and shit. And then they kind of sounds like that electronic later. stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm sure they, they, they ever so much, really, but... Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's the same old shit, but... Um, no, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I got a hold of LimeWire, and it was just like... I started spending like hours and hours just searching, trying to find new music all the time, because I just... I don't know, when you get to a certain age to, like, remember music that you heard when you were a kid, you just, like, would go past, like, a song would come on the radio, and you get that, like, nostalgic feeling from being a child hearing it, and you're, so you kind of, like, maybe it was, like, a, a rush for me to try to find music that gave me that, that helped me, like, broaden what I listened to. Yeah, dude. But uh, my shit was all over the place. Yeah, that's like, hella fascinating. <laughs> I, I, can rec- I can connect with that feeling, I know what that's like. So. Dude, especially LimeWire, man. I remember just being yeah. on like LimeWire, Kazaa, Soulseek, like just Pirate Bay. Yeah, downloading <laughs> other people's like music and shit. Like, I remember there was this one Fine. band called Student Rick, and like mm-hmm. they would upload. Like they had this one song. It was like on uh, that old PlayStation game, Aggressive Inline Skating. Uh, it was called Falling for You. But what they would do is they would upload it and say it was, like, this new Starting Line song, new Taking Back Sunday song, a new brand new song, Mm -hmm. new Blink-182 song. So you would download it, like, thinking, like, oh, I'm about to, like, listen to, like, some, like, brand new or Blink-182, but it was always that one band. (laughs) Yeah. They, like, rippled everybody before it was, like, a thing. (laughs) Yeah, those people now are, like, stabbing people in alleyways now. They progressed to that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. hiding, <laughs> hiding your own song behind a popular song. You're like, I'm going to get these people. And then they're like, we didn't get them, but uh, I'm def- definitely going to get them next time. I'm pissed. Yeah. They chose violence. <laughs> I'm going to for sure. <laughs> I mean, yes. it, it worked out, though, because like, like, I felt like almost everybody knew that song because everybody downloaded it. <laughs> and like I said, they got on a music video game soundtrack. I mean, nothing ever came of them. So I guess... It that short could only take you too far. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm like too personal with music. I'd be like, "What is this? Who's doing <laughs> this to me?" You know what I mean? Just overreact as a child. Yeah, but you never I know. Like, what wait. if what if it was like a dope song, and you're like, "Oh shit, I almost vibe more to this than than what I was looking for." I don't know. Someone maybe I was around. <laughs> My mom would be too Christian, so I'm like, the morals is that I wanted the Nickelback <laughs> song. <laughs> Waited two and a half two and a half hours for this MP3 and got some other band. Damn it! You know? Oh shit! Yeah, that would say like, like if you wanted to like download a movie, like you would just kind of start it and then walk away from your computer and <laughs> you know, yeah. some video games or something. You have this superstition where if you go and like wake it up, it's gonna slow it down, so you just leave the computer alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't do anything else. Yeah. Oh, man. You see people like walking past the room and you're like, you're not going by the computer, are you? I'm getting a movie. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. But yeah. Well, I, I think have, someone I, who was real thankful for the 
that like during the like Spotify and like Huzzah era was like Weird Al Yankovic. You'd find tons of songs that would say they were Weird Al, but they weren't Weird Al at all. They were like, what if God smoked cannabis or Barney's on fire or just tons of other bullshit that was totally not Weird Al at all. It's like, it's weird. It plagued like every genre of music that people would just kind of like copy and paste their like tag on t- top of somebody popular. It's weird. And they always had like the Nirvana, but it was an actual Stone Table Pilot song. Uh, <laughs> I what the song title was, but you download it and it'd say Nirvana and have, and it was a fucking Stone Table Pilot song. Oh, that would be that all the time. <laughs> Damn it! They gave me Stone Temple Pilots again. Yeah. So, so you, um, like before we started recording, I think you mentioned that that like your mom was like religious. So how was that growing up? Were they like the kind of like uh, religious parents that that didn't like you listening to music that wasn't Christian? Because that's kind of my up- upbringing at first. Like, yeah. So. My- I, I lucked out because my mom was the most Christian person I ever met. Like we, she would make me go to those like Billy Graham crusades and she would like go on stage and they'd touch her head. And she'd, you know, fall down with all the other people that fall down. And then my dad like doesn't believe in God. Like he's like alien. Like, you know, I've heard him speak more about aliens than God. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, like I got kicked out. I remember going to Sunday school and we had to like do something for mm. father's day. And, uh, we had to draw on the cross like what our dad liked, and I like drew a like a UFO saucer and an alien. And the lady's like, "Oh, is that your dad?" I'm like, "No, that's an alien because he likes aliens." Like, it was such an odd <laughs> up- upbringing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I kind of lucked out with that though in the long run. Um, you mentioned like the Billy Graham crusade, so uh, can I guess that you saw maybe DC Talk or like Newsboys like in concert like early on? Like they were like super famous christian bands no i didn't have to i didn't get to go to see any bands like my mom just strictly i had to like roll with her to church and then like i would go to benny hen crusades or that uh or billy graham or whatever it was benny hen and uh, billy graham yeah or something like that and joyce minor oh for sure so yeah they would be like (laughs) she would she would watch tbn and they would do those fasts for like three days and she would just stay up staring at that television she was like, well, I don't watch regular TV. I'm like, this is just as bad. Like, you know what I mean? But you can't say that as a Like, she's set on that shit. Or was. Yeah, ben- Benny Hinn was like the dude that would, like, hit people with his jacket, right? I think I remember, like... <laughs> yes. I-, I think I remember somebody making a video, but, like, dubbing, like, Ric Flair, like, audio to it. Because <laughs> it looked like he was, like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just like wrestling with people and his wrestling move was hitting people with his like plate like jacket. Yeah. Yeah, his fleece, yeah, I can see it. I can visually see that. Cause I like saw that shit live when I was a kid. Yeah, and that's crazy. <laughs> saw my mom get hit. Like she he got he touched her head, but nonetheless, I saw her <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, so when did you um, start making music, and I guess, like, how, like, what was the process behind that? Were you uh, listening to different stuff or kind of the same stuff? Uh, like, from the beginning or, like, where I'm at currently? Uh, I guess give us a little bit of the beginning and then and then where you're at currently. All right, yeah, I, um, I started playing music or writing or whatever, uh, guitar. I was at a skate park. 
and a buddy of mine, like we like forever wanted to get to this one skate park in Indiana. And we finally got, got in. And then the, I'm like looking around, I can't see him. And he's like, not even anywhere in the park. He's like out in like the lobby. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's like, look, there's a guitar right here. So we messed with that for a little while. And then, so I went, told my mom I wanted one. So she found one at a garage sale for like five bucks. Um, so I started playing guitar when I was like 15. And then I learned like every Nirvana song I possibly could. And then met somebody that had a band that I went to school with. And I was like, yo, can I watch you guys play? And so I watched them play. They left. And then the dude, the house we were at, I was like, hey, you want to start a band? Because I was like, parents let him play and, you know, whatever. And then we ended up, I ended up staying at his house because, like, his power went out, whatever. And we started this band called The Endorphins. That was like a grunge band that just ripped off Nirvana songs. They're, I don't know. I don't know if they're still out in the internet universe, but they're definitely still on MySpace. Um, but... Uh, yeah, then me and Wesley, the guy I stayed with and started the Endorphins with, we did like four other bands. But fast, uh, wait, what was the question? What was my process, writing process? Not not really writing process, just like, yeah, like how'd you start uh, like making music? So yeah, like when did you start uh, doing like the producing stuff? Um, I started producing for real a year ago. I started using a computer to record uh, music two years ago. So before then, I would just like record on a little tape deck thing that I had and then try to mix and uh, make that sound as best as possible, I guess. And it never really worked. So um, when I was in California, I tried to do that again. And I realized all these people that I was around had a lot of money or their parents had a lot of money. So they had like this great sounding stuff. So I was like, I got to learn how to do everything myself because I can't find a band that I really, really meshed with. Um, and then also uh, be able to make it sound as good as what these people did. So I started learning how to record like with the doll and how to use a doll two years ago. And then a year ago, I started getting plugins and then watching YouTube tutorials religiously for like a year. And uh, that's where I'm at now. That's what's up. Did you ever, like, mess around with, like, Ableton or FL Studio? I think it was called, like, Fruity Loops back in the day. Like, I remember uh, people used to always fuck with that. Yeah, I remember somebody giving me Fruity Loops, uh, I don't know, 17 or 18, I guess, so a while, like, long time ago. And I downloaded it. My computer was too slow. I had too much LimeWire shit. Um, <laughs> and... uh uh, it just looked, I didn't know, it didn't look musical to me. I was like, there's just a bunch of buttons, a bunch of words I don't know, because I don't, I necessarily don't know how to read or do anything t like technical, technical with music. I just know how to like feel and write stuff like consistently. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I didn't understand Fruity Loop, so I skipped on that and then just bought a drum machine and tried to like live play it because i didn't know the drum machine you could like record loops so i was like just trying to play this stuff live making beats for like three mm -hmm. minutes and then uh then i got a uh focus right uh, interface and it came with ableton live i think it was or live light or something like that and that was way it had really bad latency and i didn't know how to fix it um because it like again it was just like 
not using a computer for like six years. I just like steadily just roamed just with phone calls and texts. I didn't really, I was like not computer savvy with like terms and stuff. So it was horrible garble, the stuff that I was learning off of YouTube, how to fix the latency. So I switched to Reaper and started using Reaper to record. And now, yeah, so now I use Reaper and uh, my phone to make beats. So GarageBand, iOS. For sure. And um, I don't know, I guess kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but you do kind of have like this like underground indie, like hip hop vibe. Um, what were some of your influences towards that? Like, do you have uh, any like favorite producers or, or hip hop artists? Um, so before, uh, so I, when I made my first beat, I sent it to somebody and then they showed me JPEG Mafia. They're like, your beat reminds me of this guy. And uh, so post my first beat, I've been a huge fan of JPEG Mafia's production. Um, JPEG's dope. Yeah, uh, Kenny Beats, his production's great. Before, I honestly, I just like underground hip-hop always. I liked, um, oh, uh, I liked MF Doom, Jay Dilla, uh, Mad Lib. I kind of grew up on like listening to 90s rap with my friends and listening to Bone Thugs and... I liked ASAP Rocky, and so I made me like Clams Casinos beats. And oh my god, okay, awesome! That's all I needed to hear. I'm a huge Clams fan, like obviously, like uh, like Lil B and uh, the stuff that, you know that they did together, and Jay Dilla's obviously like a legend, and yeah, yeah, Mad Villain, Quasimodo, like that was mm-hmm. dope that you threw out a uh, JPEG Mafia. So I, yeah, I was like heavily into like that underground hip-hop stuff i have an mf doom tattoo um so that's dope man yeah so and then uh i guess like the the weekend up until uh what was it kiss land mm-hmm. like kiss land and everything before that uh the weekend his to do the i forget the dude's name that makes made his beats or did his production but that was like a big influence on uh more of my darker music that i guess i make i try to go for more of the darker uh vibe i guess but death grips i guess essentially is like why i started making beats i like i wanted to make death grip type beats but because i didn't know how to sample and i was like i can make chaotic shit all day and like not have transitions and just make it choppy loops back and forth and so that's what like where i started making beats was just using my dl4 on my pedal board to make a loop and then record it on my uh computer and manipulate it from there so um but yeah my indie vibe probably is because most of the time i'll make these loops of guitar and chop them up now and use them as my like my samples opposed to sampling someone else's music for sure like have you watched any of those like kenny beats videos where he'll like like hook up with like oh three greedo or or like a different artist and like they'll like make a song together kenny beats yeah yeah uh what is that called the cave yeah 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 that was super dope yeah because uh when i started kd with sam i was like we should just have like the most amount of features ever and then he was like we could do that or you could rap so like i'm on like the first album rapping a lot i rap a lot on the first kd album and then uh the second one i made a song for myself which was came out to be netflix Cause I just like wanted to mess around and like try to make a, like, like an Earl sweatshirt type song 
I possibly could, I guess. And so uh, Netflix, I recorded it, and I was like, damn, this is kind of neat. So I fucking showed it to Sam, and he's like, we got to use this. So the next album, uh, Dimension 484, uh, I do rap on that, but uh, that was more of an am- uh, album for Sam. Uh, 484 is significant. The number is significant to uh, Sam. So uh, the new album that we just dropped uh, November 27th, uh, Autumn Autumn and Abandoned in Dimension 555, uh, that's more significant to me because uh, of my name and me being like my mom's fifth kid and yada yada. Um, So I got to do the idea of just having full features on the album opposed to me being on it. Yeah, that's that's dope, and I obviously like being like a hip hop fan. Like you're kind of used to seeing that, and like always like seeing producers work with other people and how they kind of vibe with uh, that producer's uh, beats. Um, do you have any, I guess, any tips for anybody who is gonna start like I don't I don't know, uh, getting getting like a, a drum pad or or a sampler or Ableton and like starting to make beats um if you okay so first off if you have an iphone use GarageBand ios because it it like breaks it down to dummy terms and uh it had you can play the drums on a drum pad like on the touch screen um there's like no latency the some of the samples on there are garbage but they have a sample feature so you can just import sounds and chop them up and use them uh Honestly, it, yeah, if that's like if you're intimidated by using a, like a DAW or creating beats, using GarageBand iOS keeps it super simple. So doing that and then growing from there or um, honestly, YouTube got uh, has helped a lot. Obvious. I mean, that's what everybody says, but um, it, it's got me where I'm at and uh, I'm not where I want to be, but I definitely get a lot more recognition than I did a year ago on my my production. So. Um, for sure like with the pandemic and everything like i know that i've been looking for a new hobby and like i like like i said i'm a huge hip-hop fan i love like those like jazzy like hip-hop to study to vibes like the lo-fi stuff um so yeah like i haven't made the leap yet but eventually i'm gonna start you Uh, should yeah um d you should dm me at like after this i can give you some tips and uh my buddy kilroy he has a Discord pretty much because he's a lo-fi artist, so he has like this huge. Uh, I don't know. There's I don't know how many people are in it, but there's quite a few people. They all share like drum packs, synth packs. They all make it themselves. They all collaborate within each other. They have like contests and stuff, and I feel like that might help as well. Being able to talk to like multiple people trying to show you, uh, you know, because there's having just me on my experience. Uh, I would feel bad leading you one way. So if you had multiple <laughs> people with like uh you know similar tastes in uh like the first drum pad to get or uh midi keyboard um that would be i don't know it'd be more efficient i suppose but yeah kilroy has a uh his tag is Kil- kilroy was here but um okay. yeah his discord's in his bio i believe but yeah i would uh i would hop on there and talk to people on there and talk to me i can help as much as i can i guess you know for sure, man. I'm usually the one uh, talking to you on IG, so yeah, we'll we'll link up and and I'll, I'll hit you up about like tips and stuff. Um, hey Ryan, do you have any questions to add? 
for this for this man known as Quentin, do I have questions for him? I don't know. I mean, I could sit here and I could prattle on and on, but I mean, just based on this little interaction that the two of you have had, I think one of Quentin's greatest strengths is his sense of community. And um, I was just curious, like, what, like, what brought that, like, a part of you, you know, like, I've always noticed, like, with the Thunder Tribe and, like, with all your connections and collaborations, just, like, what do you think, like, growing up nowadays, anything, like, what do you think brings that sense of community out of you? Um, I think just uh, growing up in, like, a lower, like, a poor community, like, we all, like, all the kids had to, like, strive together to share what we had. So, like, growing up, I just grew to have that mentality where, like, if I have it, you got it. That's just – so um, I got asked to be in Thunder Tribe um, through Shaka, Sam, uh, Danny, shout out, uh, MB Bloom, all those guys, uh, Ace, Bam. There's a lot of guys in there, uh, Bryson, or Beezus. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I uh, – I think it's just distilled in me, I guess, just growing up. My mom's always been like that, too. I've seen her help people that, you know, like walk all over. So but in the long run, I mean. Uh, a community does a lot more than one person, and I don't I don't see music as a thing that's individually meek because I'm more uh, inspired by the people around me. So if I can have them in close quarters, it it like uh, it's more of a comfort thing, I guess. For sure, and I, I would also toss it up to maybe it's like a hip hop thing too, because you know, like there's always like like collectives is like kind of like a popular thing. Like you, you, you have like ASAP Mob and Odd Future, obviously Wu Tang and like all the Wu Tang affiliates before mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and because uh, yeah, that's kind of how Thunder Tribe came about. Uh, was more of like a collective thing, and then. Uh, I, re- I, I think it was the beginning of this year, I asked Ryan and a couple other people that I kind of see saw that were more, I guess, outcasts that, for whatever reason, didn't get as much attention uh, as they probably should. So I started a group chat with those guys, and uh, we've kind of slowly brewed up, um, I don't know, like, everybody's collabing with everybody. There's all sorts of people. There. I mean, Jay Thubes in, is in there. Um uh, this guy Etrex, he's on the new KD album. Uh, Nobody, he's on the new K- KD album. Uh, Christina Sharp, she's on the new KD album. Um, she's she's like a classically trained pianist and a uh, crazy crazy great singer. Uh, we got Ryan. Um, who else do we have in there? We have Otis Roycroft. He's also a hip hop artist. There's a lot more hip hop artists than there are like rock artists. I suppose now, but I eventually saw it as just a collective of people working really hard that I that I like felt close to, to where I could be like, hey, would you want to help share twenty or so people's stuff? Because uh, the market's so flooded now, especially with COVID. So everybody's doing anything you can do at home. So it's just self-promoting all day. So I didn't necessarily want to be the person doing like cold marketing through DMs. So I this is kind of what that developed into, I guess is more like the business end of it. Cause I did have a business end, but it was more of a goal for everybody to make money because if, if I can get 20 people making money, then that's 20 more people that are more 
in, impactful with each other's work. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And I, I believe that like a sense of community and collaborating, um, it's definitely important, especially for like, I guess, kind of artists that are more in like the underground and trying to, to kind of level up, you know? Yeah, even like Blue Swan, uh, Blue Swan Records, they kind of did the same thing. Like they don't work outside of the 13 people that were in those bands that were popular five years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty, it's almost like a, it's kind of like a meme at this point, like... <laughs> yeah like my spotify rap shows me that i've been listening to like the same people like over and over yeah it's like a different variant yeah just in in different forms (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so i um i noticed that and i was just like i see i just saw a lot of artists that i just didn't think got enough attention you know what i mean i don't know maybe because they didn't have um the best quality of production or they just were just kind of playing about stuff. So I just kind of started the group. So it'd be like, Hey, let's all share our ideas on what we think helps grow our, our each one of our names, you know, and, uh, try to capitalize on it for all, for all of our sake, I guess. So we don't have to work nine to fives and be delusional musicians. <laughs> the show. Um, yeah. Do you like, have you gone to like, I don't know, have you seen any band or, or hip hop artists live that kind of um, almost wowed you or or made you want to even push yourself further as far as uh, making music goes? Um, so I was, uh, was going to say I, uh, Maps Analysis. I was going to say Paul Troy, but they were uh, like wasted and couldn't play. that was before the reunion stuff so uh but yeah maps analysis when i saw them play live for the first time that kind of made me elevate what i wanted to do um i didn't get to see mars volta at the drive-in live in person but i watched every one of their videos they possibly had on youtube and that inspired me uh let's see Uh, obviously hell the sun i want to i'm a big fan of them so um when I saw them live and how, how well they sounded, I was like, I need to elevate the way I play. Um, I honestly have never been to a hip hop show outside of stuff in Indiana, like Sirius Black. Honestly, uh, in October, I came and visited my family before that, uh, the callback to the dream that's not on this podcast, I don't think. So it's not. Um, but anywho, um, I came home for a wedding and, uh, I went to a festival that Sirius Black was uh, holding, and I, him and John Stamps both played. And the way they they had a they had a live drummer, and they just had a lot more energy, and they were more raw than what was out in California. And it just kind of brought back vibes that I kind of strayed away from making because I was like, I don't know where that comes from. And then when I you know when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, because that's just how the vibe in Indiana is. It's just kind of a gloomy kind of overtone so uh when i saw them performing i was just like man i missed that so i would say new hands festival last year uh serious black and john stamps performance definitely made me want to elevate what i was doing at the time the show like did you ever get into like the old like i guess cali like underground hip-hop um i guess stuff like 
Living Legend, Souls of Mischief, uh, 3MG, MERS, um, Peanut Butter Wolf, any any stuff like that? Uh, Peanut Butter Wolf is the only one uh, that I've even maybe heard a song from out of the, the ones that you've named. Because most people I worked with um, were more modern hip-hop artists or that liked more modern rap. So... I, didn't, I wasn't really able to branch outside of like, I just, I don't know. I kind of just stuck with listening to MF Doom. So he had so many like beat tapes so I could just pick apart things. Um, but I'm trying to think of other artists that I, I listen to that are more like that. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank, but um, yeah, I guess. Cause I, yeah, I guess Denzel Curry, like my, my, I guess I do like more modern stuff myself too. Just MF Doom and Jay Dilla and stuff are more of a oddity from when I was a kid. Cause that's kind of what I found then. For sure. Uh, oh, what about Ninth Wonder? He's very similar oh, to yeah. Jay Dilla. Like yeah, all ninth... the stuff he does with a little brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good too. Ninth Wonder. Um, I, I listen to them. I, uh. I had a neighbor that had an, a CD or an album of his. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but I remember Ninth Wonder. Yeah, you should check out Murs. He works a lot with Ninth, with Ninth Wonder. Um, yeah, he's kind of older now, but but I, yeah, I remember I remember Murs. I don't I don't remember any of his music or songs like, but I do remember because he didn't he have like bigger hair. Yeah, yeah, he had like yeah, yeah. huge dreads yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was in that group, uh, Living Legends, that I mentioned too. Oh, okay, they're, there it is. They're worth checking out. As well. Cool. Yeah, most deaf. I listen to a lot of most deaf. Um, yeah, most deaf was like one of the gateways for me. Like most deaf, Talib, Common, like they kind yeah. of in the gates to like the more underground, conscious like hip hop. Yeah, because I when okay yeah see so having my dad be the uh, the alien guy, he was also the guy that showed me like things that were like real life so sometimes i would like go to his house and he's like he would show me the scene of pulp fiction where that chick uh overdoses on heroin from snorting it and then get they take the needle to the the chest yeah like he he would be like this is this could happen like you know what i mean like like he would show me bits and pieces of the movie as i got older and uh he showed we watched the Chappelle show together when that came out when i was a kid and seeing most deaf and common and all the artists that dave Chappelle had on got me back into listening to hip hop again. Um, so that's kind of where I, that's when I like found out about MF doom and stuff. I was like, I don't know, 15 or 17, 18. Okay. Right on. That, that's pretty funny that your dad like showed you like bits and pieces of Pulp Fiction, like makes me want to do that. Like, like <laughs> hey, kid, all right. For your like seventh birthday, like you'll watch like this minute of Pulp Fiction and like, as he gets older, he'll watch like a little bit more, and eventually, I don't know, maybe by his like seventeenth birthday, he'll watch the whole movie. Yeah, because like the first <laughs> thing, the first thing he showed me was like the hamburger scene with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh and, shit! Like, yeah, that was intense. <laughs> yeah, he he would like laugh so hard, and he would like rewind. He'd be like, "Say what? One more time!" Like, dude, he would laugh so hard, and obviously, I would laugh too. Um, 
but yeah and then after that i was like well just watch the whole movie and then he's like we can't and then i'm like why and then he showed me the like the heroin <laughs> the <overdose> thing. <laughs> i'm like what is, yeah or that you know no yeah he never showed me that part i, didn't, I had to learn that one on my own but yeah. uh but yeah that, that was definitely a, a a funny moment i guess but yeah, that is man that's a cool kind of cool story to gold. <laughs> yeah yeah good shit though yeah my dad yeah most stories end up kind of funny with my dad, so he's hilarious. That's awesome, man. Cash, did you have any questions? Um, oh, well, we kind of covered a lot of stuff that I want to talk about, but one thing I was kind of wondering about was in one of your songs, I don't remember exactly which one. Let me look it up real quick. You have a uh, an excerpt from Alan Watts, and I kind of wanted to and my friend was really big into him, like in high school. So I was kind of wondering what your thoughts were on him, uh, specifically uh, digital nature. Yeah. Um, when I I, uh, I used to have a drug problem and I got clean, and uh, one of the things I kind of found to help center myself, to like, you know, just keep my mind busy, was meditating and doing yoga. And I had a buddy I worked with at a uh, like a coffee shop at the beach he had this like little acai spot and he uh he'd always have me come over to his place because he had these huge speakers in this warehouse he had and he would make these little dj little sets and he would have that he would have alan watts going on in the background i'm like what is that and then we just like sat down and listened to him for a while and i started reading up on taoism and Wu Wei, and um that's kind of like it's kind of woven in throughout all of my music like in keanu dicaprio we have a track called pareto's law which is like uh, do it's it's essentially just do, do this like a philosopher found out that 20 percent of his pea pods did 80 percent of the work so in the long run the the meaning behind Pareto's law is that you do 20 percent of the work you see 80 percent of the results and vice versa so uh that made me dive into Wu Wei which is the act of uh nothing doing nothing it's where you like pretty much essentially uh, master your craft to where you, you do it thoughtless. Um, so that's like woven into the new KD album with unknown object. There's a definition, little sample of Wu Wei in there. Um, so just kind of Eastern philosophy and stuff like that kind of sparks my interest. And uh, Alan Watts is just kind of a good listen when you're meditating and doing yoga. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've listened to him before a little bit, and my friend used to, like, recite that stuff. But that's really interesting, honestly. I don't think we've ever really talked with anyone about uh, that sort of stuff before. So. Philosophy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my girlfriend's real huge into Alan Watts. Like, it's just hearing it on the track, like, just for me, I was like, oh, I know this. I know this. And, like, I can take my girlfriend for that. And yeah, now I have something that connects me to Quentin. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot of my music is samples of what I think would be that feeling that you get when you're like, "Oh, I know this." I have like, I probably shouldn't say it, but um, there are tracks that I've taken like, if you pre, like, you got the little preview video on Netflix. So like, I would go through like the popular movie section and like grab clips of sounds that come from those little previews and <laughs> insert them into the song, so people would, like. Maybe you'll hear like a trumpet on one of our on like one of KD songs, and you're like, "What is this?" And like maybe you scroll over Dexter, and you're like, "Wow, that trumpet's similar to something I heard recently." And it's kind of like <laughs> it, it has more of a uh, like 
I don't know. I got a lot of hidden stuff in there. Um, there's a lot of memes from like early 2000, like hidden in the layers <laughs> in the background. A lot of vines, a lot of stuff from Vine that I used from like 10 years ago or five or however long it was. Um, Deeply like buried nostalgia. It, yeah. Okay. What What's one of um your like favorite vines of all time, and like maybe like a early 2000s uh, meme that's like ingrained in you? The the oh, I like that. I don't know how I don't I don't know when this came out, but I definitely the he needs some milk when that dude smacks his head on the the this on the like the pavement on the street or something. He like and then she's like, oh, you okay? He needs some <laughs> milk like that. That was my shit. And then, uh, honestly, I didn't really like anything from Vine, per se. Uh, I did like, kind of like Chris D'Elia stuff, but I guess it's not appropriate to save now. So, but nonetheless, I did like Chris D'Elia's Vines. That's kind of how I found out about Vines. And then I realized there was just a r- lot of rambunctious people on there. So that the Vine thing was more because I knew it was popular and it'd be more nostalgic for my listeners than me. Yeah, but, uh, definitely the he needs some milk like that. That was there, like iconic to me. Maybe like like a year ago or two, like I would just uh, find like YouTube like compilations of like vines and stuff, and just kind of go down that rabbit hole and see what like you know what I remembered. Um, do you know that song uh, "Thinking About You" by Frank Ocean? Yeah. So they're they're like one of my favorite vines was like. I don't know, like, some chick was, like, taking a video of, like, a potato <laughs> tied around to, like, the ceiling fan, and it's going around in circles, <laughs> and she sings a potato flew around my room. It's like, it was just the stupidest thing, but, like, she, like, sang it, you know, like, in the same melody yeah. of thinking about you. Yeah. Oh, like, that's good. Oh, it was wholesome, but it was, like, my favorite, like, line of all time. There's uh, the one where they're playing the the Titanic theme song with the flute, but not playing it right. Oh yeah. It's like super off key or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm trying yeah. to think of, yeah. I'm trying to think work of more. Ahead. Yeah. But yeah, no, I literally went down that same rabbit hole for like three days straight. I watched like 12 hours a day, just trying to find samples. <laughs> the work it takes to, go into sampling like it's a it's an art form that people don't quite realize sometimes yeah yeah luckily i was just like you know what most people like the songs that i sample my little like noodly guitar stuff in so i'm so i've just been trying to do that more um i'm currently working on like a guitar pack i've been working on it for all like all year but i'll put something in it and then like a week later i'll just like take it out and use it so that's like not helping (laughs) Yeah, like, I, I know that, that I'm, like, one of those uh, nerds that like to, like, check, like, all right, well, what sample was this in this Kanye song, or what sample was that, and, like, I'm kind of stoked that, like, a lot of, like, the newer uh, SoundCloud artists, and, you know, like, like Lil Peep, but mainly it was, like, the his producer, uh, like, Ned Arb, and, and people like Fishnark, they, they started sampling, like, like you know early 2000s emo and like pop punk stuff so that kind of took me on like a nostalgia like trip too like i'm like oh shit like like this guy's like singing to like a census fail song yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah that's i i kind of know i saw that too because i didn't really understand uh like the soundcloud 
scene, I guess, when it was happening. Like, I, 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 I just say, that's how I say I don't like something. I don't get into it. I can't really say I don't like it. I just never got into it or what had the, the feeling to enjoy yeah. it, I guess. So, um, but I did notice that I was like, yeah, they're, they're doing like pop punk stuff. Like, so I was just, in my mind, I was like, well, the post hardcore scene is dying. So I'm just going to take elements of that and try to put that in hip hop. And I, and that's kind of my, been my mindset the last year. So, uh, last two years, I guess, but, um, yeah, I, uh, definitely, I definitely see more of a crossover in a way of like knowledge rap or like old school hip hop. Cause it just, it's the only way it really meshes well. Like anytime you see some artist trying to do some type of rock or anything like that, and then mix it with rap, it's usually just, uh, very basic. Yeah. We've seen that got like go wrong with like people like Lil Wayne, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, how many times people listen to that album? They did it once and were like, he did it. You know what I mean? Like and I like my- how in like the live performance and like the videos, like he's literally like like playing like a single like note at a time. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> more embarrassing than anything. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. I know that's why he like really got good at skateboarding. He's like, I can't be fucking wrong twice. I yeah, can't be made fun of <laughs> yeah. They're gonna destroy me if I can't ride up this ramp. <laughs> like, honestly, you know what I mean? Like, how many people that I talk to are like, "Yo, uh, Lil Wayne's the goat. This new album's about to be rock. He's about to be the goat forever after this one." And they're like, "Man, he did it though." You're like, well, "What happened to the goat discussion?" <laughs> right? <laughs> they're like, "Well, he did it. He did a rock album, bro." Still up there. You're like, <laughs> and that's like uh, yeah. terrible either. It, it was terrible, and it, it was terrible, like something out of but like. It wasn't like, good either. I, no, man, I'm gonna say it was terrible, and it was yeah. it was like coming after his like peak, like, like yeah, the Carter well, like, got a, two, Did he make it when he was in jail though? What's up? Did he make it when he was in jail or like right after? I think it was like right after he came back. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I could, I don't even think I listened to the whole album. Cause I, well, I was just a guitar. Man. I was like, an, yeah, I was an angry person. So like, I'm like, cool, it's gonna be guitar. And I'm listening to this. I'm like, I could have done better. Like that was my mindset when I was a kid. I was just like, I'd hear something. I'd be like, cool, I could do it better. And but most man, time it got like, me. It served as like a bridge, you know. Like it, it yeah. really helped bridge the two genres together. I'll give him yeah. that. Yeah. Did it though? Yeah, on a mainstream level, hell yeah. Cause I mean, then, like yeah. people like Kevin Rudolph. Uh, happened, and then Travis Barker started yeah. um, collaborating more with hip hop artists. And I mean, I thought it was just all happened like independently, and like I didn't think his was like that meaningful. I think everyone else was already kind of like getting onto that was what happened. Uh, the way I saw really, it, but like because even at the time there wasn't that much independent um, stuff going on that was like that. I mean, there was some. Like maybe yeah. like POS and atmosphere and yeah, like, like people were Co- like think... oh sorry uh, I was gonna say people were like rock influenced and like and if you even go before that there was like the Family Values tour but that was kind of niche it was like new metal and rap mm. mixing together yeah. that was already kind of you know they were almost like I don't know new metal was rap for like 
I guess, white kids in, like, the South. Or- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Newt Metal for was sure. rap for you, Moses. Let's be honest. But, uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. That Lil Wayne album, it just felt, like, so anticlimactic, though, was the thing. That's why I said it didn't seem like it was that influential. It just felt like yeah. it just happened, and that was it. <laughs> so, it, it really wasn't, but... I think for a lot of people into like that were into hip hop that were maybe like, and I'm not like, I would say maybe like the younger generation, like the young kids, like kids in high school when that came out that were more into hip hop. um, Like it kind of gave them the okay, like, Oh shit. Like I can like Lil Wayne and green day who he ended up sampling on a, on one of the songs off of that album. Um, because, yeah, before that, there wasn't really a mesh like that. And, and like I said, like, when it comes to the underground, I would say maybe P.O.S. was, like, one ar- artist that was, like, a rap, like, a rapper, but he was also in a hardcore band. And, like, he wasn't even that well-known. Like, yeah, it, you, we only knew about him if he, like, paid attention to, like, Def Junks and, like, that, that whole uh, label. Yeah, there could have been like there could have been like a little Wayne fan that was like eleven or something, you know what I mean, or twelve, or overheard it or something, and saw him play guitar and like picked up a guitar, and now he's like doing like R and B guitar. It has like a lo-fi Instagram account where he's showing off his little guitar playing. Like I could see where he influenced like that. I mean, like fair, but I mean, like I was like in high school when it came out, and it was like it just kind of felt like it was a thing, and yeah. then. And then, like, Travis Barker came out. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting, actually. Like, it just yeah. felt like it was a one-off thing, at least for me. Yeah, it definitely felt, well, it definitely fell off real quick. Yeah, that's kind of what He's I was like, saying where people were like, yeah, he did it. And it was, like, the end of it. Like, you didn't hear about it. that. Then, album but then, like, ever. Travis Barker and, like, the other stuff all came out, like, came out after. And it was like, that actually felt like that was something. Yeah, yeah definitely. Travis Barker was a heavy collaborator with Lil Wayne. So, like, On that the, definitely uh, bridged that before. relationship. Cause like even before that, like he was like he maybe collaborated with uh he wasn't didn't even do anything musically he was like in like a music video with a uh, Diddy and like he was in a Three Six Mafia music video so he was already kind of like ingrained into the hip hop world but like I I would say his first like hip hop collaboration was probably with Lil Wayne now that I think about it. Interesting. Yeah. So it, it definitely, I w- like I would say I think it definitely helped bridge that gap more than and and that's more than I'd like to give him credit because that album like I you know I would say that hey, hey some sometimes the world needs some shit to like change you know what I mean for sure man exactly <laughs> shit changes shit too man yeah exactly <laughs> but um. Yeah, well, because music, I just feel like music is way more diverse now, and kid, and like, I there's a couple kids in my work, younger, you know, like 18, 19 and stuff, and I talk to them, and they just have such a variety, and I'm just, I'm like, these guys are living in like the golden age of music, because they have their fingertips at everything, and like, I just can't, like, imagine in like 10 years, like, what music will be like then, just because of that, having everything, and being able to like, try to mesh, because that's just what kids do, and that's what I think artists do, in particular is just try to make something new and then mesh as much genres or sounds together to make something new and i feel like that's going to spark like yeah, a lot of doing everything now yeah, yeah there, there's like screaming stuff. and breakdowns in hip-hop now and like that would be like unthinkable like back <laughs> you know when i was in high school and 
Like you, you even have a like Star like Lord country and stuff. Yeah, like Star Lord was you know one of the first to do it, and and like now Ghost Mean is kind of like really, you know, yeah. taking that over and yeah. So it's definitely uh definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. You have a lot more like drummers that are hip hip hop influenced and like indie rock now too. Like if you listen to like Crum or um orchids or orchards or whatever there i think it's orchards orchards something like yeah, that um, i feel like um abe cunningham from deftones was kind of like the first uh drummer that i noticed that was like heavily hip-hop influenced like yeah yeah uh, like i'm listening to this deftones song but like why did what does it feel so like bouncing like, poppy <laughs> like, yeah yeah definitely it had like that boom bap bounce like yeah. just played on a real kit yeah because i um i was like i like watching videos of insane drummers playing like just random stuff to hip-hop songs that's kind of influenced me with trying to learn how to play drums differently so my songs don't sound like every other person that make be- makes beats mm-hmm. um yeah i'll go watch like uh i can't think of anybody's names um but i'll watch just just like look up hip hop covers and I'll see these dr- like insane drummers just doing the most they possibly can on three minutes of a song. And it just kind of, that's always something cool to watch and see progress. Cause that eventually maybe that like hip hop groups will be a, like a full band, like consistently. Yeah. That's what's that's up. There. Um, Oh shit. We're over the hour mark. Do you guys have uh, any more questions for, for ghost shaft? No, I'm good. I was gonna ask you. I was just gonna ask. Like usually, when we close out the episode, we go over stuff that we've recently been listening to. If you wanted to share what's on your recent listens. Um, (laughs) let's see. Recent listens. I've got Jay Graham's CJ. I have the Demo Team podcast. I have Nightmare. Nightmare Vacation, new Rico Nasty album. Uh, Keanu oh, DiCaprio's she goes new far, album. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, still listening to Alfredo from Freddie Gibbs. Uh, <laughs> Palm, I'm listening to that. Uh, if you never heard of Palm, go look up the song Walkie Talkie. Um, let's see. A lot of uh, lo-fi jazz uh, playlists. Um, smooth jazz radio station. And Benny the Butcher. Dude, Benny the Butcher also goes hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. So there's my recents. I appreciate that, dude. It's always awesome to have, you know, great people on the podcast. It's been wholesome as fuck. I really enjoyed this episode. Glad you came on here. If you could just, like, give everybody your socials and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, my social uh, Twitter is GhostShaft with no vowels. Uh, Instagram, GhostShaft. Uh, my hip-hop group, Keanu DiCaprio. All just at that name. Um, and on Spotify, GhostShaft. And also Keanu DiCaprio. Super sick, dude. Dope, Thank man. you for coming on, man. It's been a, a good one. I'm glad we got to like nerd out over like hip-hop and stuff. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I'm back was- whenever, man. Yeah, dude, right before you called me, I was about to shit myself with being nervous, but uh, we made it, so I appreciate y'all. <laughs> was, this is great. Yeah, um, you're, you're officially demo team family, bro. 
I yeah. appreciate that. I, I, uh, I feel honored. We'll have to get Keanu DiCaprio on here. Well, that'll yeah. be a future episode for sure, dude. Yeah, I'm down. Holler at me. No, no problem, dude. Always. All right. You guys have a good night. Be safe. You Peace too, later, man. Peace. Peace. Neighborhood. And we're recording. All right. That was Quentin Goshev. One half of Keanu DiCaprio. It was real great to have dude. him on this week. Yeah, shout out to Goshev. He was super chill. Hope we can have him on soon again. That'd be really dope. So, we're going to talk about Christmas music? Yeah, oh, bro. It's, I mean, so we can we can kind of go over um, what your favorite go, like Christmas songs are, or what, what's your go-to, or well, it, I don't know, if you hate Christmas, let people know, too. That you're or screwed. if you're not a uh, Christian. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> holiday <laughs> songs. Whatever your uh, holiday music is. I'm a big are, fan are there any are there any Kwanzaa songs or, or like Hanukkah songs? Uh, I mean that Matiyasu, uh like Eight Nights or whatever that one was cool. If you ever listen to that, there there's like the Hanukkah song from like Adam Sandler. Yeah. Don't forget your yarmulke. Here comes Hanukkah. But, and then um, in, in the office, Michael Scott like does a parody of it, but for Diwali, like the shout out to oh, our, yeah. our Indian <laughs> listeners. Hell yeah, Diwali. man! I think it's a different time over. of year, but yeah, Diwali. No, Diwali passed. I think it's like in October, maybe. It's Happy Holidays. But I mean, we could talk about the fact that Anthony Green and Tillian dropped a Christmas song. Oh, yes. That was this week when this episode was recorded. I mean, it was pretty much what I what I was expecting, which was, you know, all right. Um, you know, it, for, I, like, I'm totally down for people to like it because Anthony Green, um, Tillian, or Anthony Green, DGD, that crossover needs to happen more, you know? Yeah. Hopefully, it's... In a variation Shark Dad kind of scenario in the future, oh, yeah. instead of a really badly put together Christmas song. Um, I mean, I think they did was, that like last minute though. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very last minute because they tweeted about it like, and then yeah, threw it together. I mean, given the like what they're covering, I think it it's like that. This is Spinal Tap quote. It borders on the line between clever and like kind of stupid. But I mean, the Chipmunks back in the day, they're kind of like just like a novelty act. And the fact that like it's kind of just like clever that like they found something in their range. Wait, did they cover like a Christmas chip Chipmunk song? Because I don't even remember what it was. All Christmas, I remember is like Christmas, Christmas time is here. Is that what they really covered? Yeah, that's fucking hilarious, bro. It, like the oh, fa- fuck. You, you could listen to the original version and like they're like in the same range. Dude, like it's, no, I have I have like the original version ingrained in my memory and like I want to stab myself in the ears every time I think about it. I mean, I was a kid when the Chipmunks remake came out, so yeah, I definitely have wow. that wow. ingrained in me forever. Wow, I love Jason Lee. Like he's great and like Jason Lee is great. 
He's great. My name is Earl. He's great in all Kevin Smith movies. He's great in any movie he does. Seriously, like I love him. Is he? Other, is he Doesn't any he own a, a restaurant in Denton, uh, Texas now? Which I don't know. During don't know. this pandemic, it's hard to say right now. <laughs> if He's I could like move anywhere in Texas, it would be Denton. Denton's cool Denton? as fuck. So. Denton's yeah, alright. So I haven't been there in years. Oh, I like it. Like there's like really cool. Um, Really cool coffee shops and, and restaurants and, I don't know, my wife likes their, like, farmer's market, so. My wife. Oh, I heard at the farmer's market. I mean, like, everyone I talk to seems to like it, you know, I haven't been there since I was, like, like high school, but, yeah. I mean. Go back to Denton sometime. Kind of like okay. a hippie town. Oh, you know yeah. what? My first uh, show that I went to, um was in Denton. Like, when I moved to Texas and I lived there for, I think, two years. Uh, shit, what was the... I can't remember the name of, like... There, There's, like, uh... Like, a shoegaze band from Dallas, and, like, now I can't fucking remember their name. Because I'm a little tipsy. But, um... Fair. I mean... <laughs> Denson's cool because it has like one of the best music schools in the country, the University of North Texas up there. So like there's always like cool art shit going on there. And like they produce a lot of great artists that can't think of specific I mean like plenty of them, but like if you're good at art and you're from like Dallas, you basically go to UNT. So Ringo Ringo Death Star. Like oh, I can't yeah, believe I've heard Ringo like, Death that's Star. such a hard name to like you know, forget. But yeah, Ringo Death Star was dope and like, I was really into them, and I was stoked that, like, the week that I, like, I think it was, like, three days after I moved there, they happened to be playing, like, a show after being, like, on a hiatus for a while. And I was like, oh, shit. So it was, like, a very small, intimate show. Um, yeah, so that was dope, and I, I really dug uh, that town, Denton. Um, but going back to Christmas and to that song specifically... It was produced by Matt Malpass, who was the guy who produced um, Artificial Everyone's Selection. Favorite. Everyone's was, favorite. Yeah. <laughs> he was responsible Everyone. for uh, Tilling's robotic voice, so, you know. Make I, this motherfucker go. <laughs> that almost sounds like a Christmas song, honestly. Holy night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so other than that, what are some of your uh, Christmas go-tos? Hmm. Or if you don't well, mind, I'll start. I was just think, I said holy fuck earlier because I was just remember that this might cause us to talk about Michael Bublé, who I think we've already shit on plenty of times on here. <laughs> it's oh. been released again, dude. He's, uh, it's, I'd like maybe to just a yearly that thing. I'm indifferent to to Michael Bublé, like not really my um, cup of tea. But indifference I get is hatred. Nah, <laughs> what 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 did uh, Ghost Chef say? It's just never really got into it. Should no. have uh, steal his wording for it. I don't like it. I mean, like, he's fine. It's just, like, kind of annoying. Like, I mean, it's just, like, what he does, it's just, like, he just covers old songs in, like, an old form, and there's just, like, nothing t that I find very impressive about it, I guess. Is more he's, he's, like, the new... I mean, not new, but he's kind of, like, a almost like a Frank Sinatra parody for... Exactly. You know, 
white, like, takes himself like white seriously. girls that drove like beetles and stuff. Like that. That's what I remember um, Michael Bublé for. <laughs> Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Some of my go-to's. If we're talking about the cla- classics, I I do love Last Christmas by Wham. But even more, I like the like any like any pop punk band or band from the scene that covers it. Usually Jimmy does World. like. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy That's one of my World for did sure. a great cover. Um, Anne Berlin did an amazing cover of uh, Baby, Please Come Home. I think, you know, Christmas, that song. <laughs> um, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out by Fall Out Boy. That's, you know, that's one that I enjoy. Um, I Won't Be Home for Christmas by Blink-182. Um... You'll be sorry by the almost and which was Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath's band and Kenny from the Starting Line. That that's like a dope song. It doesn't really sound Christmassy, but it came around Christmas time and um, yeah. I I think other than that, um, I don't know. I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. <laughs> what what are some of your Christmas favorites? I mean. Me personally, like I think like I don't think any other band is as consistent with Christmas music as from first to last. Because not only did they have Chris Massacre, they had Twelve Days of X X Xmas, and then they had San Apocalypse, which was like their most recent version of it. Like I just three just really heavy, gnarly like metalcore, grindy just Christmas music. I just think it's we need more of it, definitely. But, like, kind of like what you said, like, with Jimmy World and, like, uh, Blink-182, like, I like their, like, Christmas music. Uh, My Chemical Romance had, like, a really good cover of that Mariah Carey song that everybody loves. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's dude, oh, my God. That song's great, like, maybe the first two times you hear it. But, like, after that third time, I just want to, like, shoot my <laughs> eye out. That's it! I mean, th- there was that one Burt McCracken song he did with uh, the street oh, drum or Kelly, Kelly, um... I almost said Kelly Clarkson, but Kelly Osbourne. <clears throat> Alone This Holiday, that's the other song I was thinking of. That's Sick, a great dude. fucking Christmas song. So this is Christmas. That's who Burt McCracken did with uh, Street Drum Corps. That song's oh, really cool. I thought you were, I thought you were talking about The Use. Like, have you ever heard yeah. a song Alone This Holiday? Yeah, they did that one. I was talking about, like, this is like a totally, like, like this is a separate song. Yeah, it's no, like a, but fuck that like, song, because Alone This Holiday <laughs> with uh, Kelly Osbourne. <laughs> Like, that's a fucking banger, bro. Of course. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just telling you what I was uh, referencing. Uh, wait, so this is Christmas. Is that like the John Lennon song? that I like? Yeah, like, that's John Lennon. I've it's never liked that song. It's just like... It's no, interesting. It's weird. Like, I don't... Like, I kind of like it, but it's like, I don't really... I don't know. Street Drum Corps was definitely dope, like, in the mid-2000s when they were around for, like, five minutes. And were they dope? Or did people just kind of... They were banging on trash cans, dude, before... Like, oh, dude, that was, that was really cool. Dude, I think they watched that one, like, Doug episode where he's banging <laughs> on a trash can. <laughs> that makes a song yeah, about it. I need a Beats Christmas song right now, dude. Like, I need more allowance. I still have the lyrics of that song stuck in my head. I need more allowance. Oh, 
Dude, yeah, there there needs to be like a Beats cover band. Dude, the Beats were fucking dope. Like they no, they dude. went kind of like. <laughs> but they were better than um, Drive Shaft. I'll give them that. <laughs> dude, Drive Shaft would have had an awesome Christmas song. Dude, they would have. If oh, Charlie didn't dude. die in that car in that plane crash. Seosin, Mookie's Last Christmas. Does that count as a Christmas song? I don't know. It's a very but, depressing Christmas song. Yeah, I mean, so was so was that John Lennon one. Yeah, I mean, just because you mentioned John Lennon, yeah, it's depressing. Well, no, and it just sounds sad. Well, people get sad around Christmas. That's like a thing. It's true. My, like, I think my favorite Christmas song is uh, Blue Christmas by Elvis. Um, oh, Wait, that's that's the totally no, different song. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but blue. Cri- oh, if there's Wait, one fuck, person I don't like, it's Elvis, and I'm sorry. You don't like Elvis? You know, Elvis you was a hero to most. Elvis was a hero to most, but he, wasn't he whatever. a pedo? <laughs> See, everyone was a pedo uh, back then. I'm pretty sure the the law where he married his uh 14 year old bride. That's that's uh Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, but Elvis is no. I mean, Lisa Marie Presley was. Yeah, that's a whole entirely different like era. Of Wait, music. did Elvis marry his cousin too? He didn't marry his cousin. No, he just married. No, no, he was in a. I mean, he's from Tennessee or Arkansas or something. Not... Yeah, he's from one of those backwater states. So yeah, he. And that was really backwater when he was around. So. Yeah. But Blue Christmas, you know, that's just. Yeah, you can't really. Uh change history but you can just remember growing up underneath like a fireplace and just hearing blue christmas and you know you just don't attach the creepy old man to it i'm sure when you said that that um from first to last is the most consistent like christmas song band i'm sure somebody's gonna like be pissed off and be like what about august burns red because like they've had they had like an entire christmas album maybe even two but I'm not really into, like, I, I mean, I, like, res- I think their cover of uh, Carol of the Bells or whatever, what was what's that orchestra that does kind of, like, metal? Oh, Trans-Siberian. Yeah, like, their cover of that was kind of cool, but other than that, I don't want to hear fucking Christmas. August Burns Red do, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. Chuggy chug, chug, chug. Well, like, all same thing with first to last. Like, eh, I mean, it was all right, but like, I mean, it's not—it's not something I'm gonna go out of my way to listen to. I mean, at the very least, you can enjoy Chris Massacre because it's just like the chorus is just Pete Wentz's phone number, and you can just know that that's just like a joke. Oh yeah, that was that was hilarious. That's fucking hilarious, dude. Just making and that motherfucker had to change his phone number after that. That's just uh golden. I mean, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a classic banger, bro. And it's about, like, acceptance and, like, when you start doing stuff for people, they'll, like, look at you differently. That's deep. <laughs> I mean, little, dr- little Drummer Boy is a banger, dude. That little... Who are you, Angela from The Office? Yeah, yeah I was about to say, Angela from Office is, like, the worst song. <laughs> Actually, my ex was really into the Justin Bieber cover of it, which is off, like even worse. It's like they do it, but like really obnoxious electronic drums and. 
come on, man. You, you're not going to just, like, stick around, stand around Christmas time, just be like, no. no, I'm not. <laughs> I, that song is not good, like, at all. So what, what but, you're trying to tell me is your favorite Christmas song is Batman Smells, Robin Laid Egg. That's better. It's better? You'd sing that? You'd go around oh, Christmas I, caroling? I used to sing it all the time when I was a kid. I'd rather listen to that than Little Drummer Boy. Well, one of my favorite Christmas songs is this Boys to Men song, which I can't think of the name <laughs> of. But it's a very good one. What? Oh, Jack it's... Uh, <laughs> fuck. Let It Snow. With Brian McKnight. Dude, but sick. Then, that's just like also, good talent. <laughs> yeah, just good singers. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't knock you for that. That's That's a good choice. But um, one of my favorites, which I don't know if a lot of people outside of Texas know about, it, is this song called "Christmas from the Family," which is a country song by I don't remember. I think it's by Robert O'Keefe, and it's like basically this guy singing about like his redneck country uh, uh, like Christmas like reunion. So I dec- decorated my tractor. He's, green he's like red. <laughs> gone to the country store tampons and some Marlboro lights and shit like that is what he sings in it. <laughs> gonna put Which some it, it's a classic on the mistletoe. So. Uh, I mean, you're, you're classics, man. You you're, and he's like, he's like, cousin Jim brought home a Mexican. Didn't know what to think of him. Till oh. something, something, something. Then he's uh, saying, Feliz Navidad. Feliz, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, it's like song. it's a hilarious song. I've le- I've heard it my whole life. Um, the Goo Goo Dolls actually put out a Christmas album this year, which I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. From what I've heard, it's pretty good. Um, Christmas in Harlem with like Kanye and like I think like all the good music was on that. Uh, the original Father Christmas by the Kinks. Like people have. Like, especially, like, punk bands have tried to cover it, but, like, I don't think any of them have ever gotten close to the original. And, uh, a lot of Good Nightmare Before Christmas covers. My favorite being, though, uh, Fall Out Boy's cover of What's This, which isn't actually, like, released anywhere, and, like, you have to, like, get it off YouTube. Really? It was on Spotify. Oh, really? Yeah. For years, I couldn't find it, I just had to listen to it on YouTube, but... I'm not hearing enough Andy Williams. Some Bing Crosby, man. Get some Tony Bennett. Huh? Danny Elfman, though. Danny Dude. Elfman is. Nightmare Before Christmas. The real Elf, Elfman. I feel like there's other Christmas songs I like, but I don't even... I don't know. Well, you got, like... the. Usually oh, shit. Go, like, classics, dude. Like, you usually oh, man, get people like... Good. Dean Martin with Silver Bells and, and Baby like It's whatever, Cold Outside. Bing Crosby and all that. Hey, that song um, got canceled, though. Which did one? it? Baby It's, it's Cold Outside? Baby yeah. It's Cold Outside. <laughs> but Jingle Bell Rock is a good one, too. Dude, yeah. yeah. Um, my dad, actually, I used to, like, make, like, Chris, he used to have, like, the best, like, Christmas, uh, like, playlist. Like, I don't think he really cares about it that much anymore because he just, like, made enough good ones where he's just, like, whatever. But he found like this song, which is like a cover of Iron Man, but it's Santa Claus instead. That was like my favorite when I was a kid. And like the singer actually sounds pretty close to Ozzy Osbourne, so I don't know. If you ever find that, I guess check it out. Maybe <laughs> if you want a a chuckle. Do it. 
Does ZZ Top have any Christmas songs? I feel like they I could kill. Don't them. Know. They probably they probably have like a couple. They've been around long enough. They don't I take mean, themselves seriously enough to. I mean, Chuck Chuck Berry had Run Rudolph Run. That song's dope. Yeah, that is a good one. I feel like Bowling for Soup had one, didn't they? Um, I mean, Merry Christmas. I don't want to be. Most here. certainly, they did. There's that Ramones one. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to fight tonight. I think is what it's called. Yeah. Would my December by Lincoln Park be considered like a Christmas song? Uh, possible. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Hundred Gex has that sympathy for the Grinch. <laughs> AFI has a whole album called December Underground. Yeah, that's like there you go. That like if we, we put seasons. This murder is a Christmas song. Yeah, totally. It's about Santa coming back and killing the bitch because she didn't want coal under her stocking. And then of course the Matiasu song I was think, talking about earlier, which I'm gonna try to find real quick. I think it's called like Eight Nights or something like that. Definitely. I mean, we could probably sit here and riff on Christmas songs like all day. Did we have any like other songs we wanted to? Well, no, but I think we can all agree that last Christmas covered by Jimmy World is the best Christmas song. You know so what? I'll, can... I'll give you that. I think it is. I'll, I'll give you that. Because Christmas music I usually... I any time of year, too. I mean, I did like uh, Craig Owens released one last year. It doesn't oh, happen. Sh- uh, <laughs> oh, God. Hey, that sounds pretty cool. Considering, like, the depths we have to go for Christmas music in like the last two, three years. I mean, what other good Christmas music has come out in the last two, three years? Um, oh, there's probably, I'm sure there's stuff. Maybe sure. none because all the good ones have been written already. Pretty much. I mean, you just have to keep doing, I don't know. Masquerade. You just have to keep covering stuff, basically. This Masquerade had like a cool, like, Sleigh Bell song. Oh, like there a- was that, uh. That song that Ariana Grande and Mariah Carey just did, where they're both hitting those whistle tones and harmonizing. Yeah. That's just impressive, just because like, they're both two great singers. Very similar um, when it comes to like technicality. Yeah, for sure. Of course, Mariah Carey has like one of the best ever. Oh, for sure, but... I don't think she can sing like she used to, though. Like you, we've all seen that. Like, no, nah, but she can make money like she used to. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but we've all seen that like video of her totally butchering her Christmas song. <laughs> Damn, Shit, man. we all have bad days. I mean, we've all been Fergie singing the national anthem. Just kidding. Yeah. I've never, I've never been that. That's me every day, bro. Dude, that's my yeah. life. <laughs> Ryan, you have the best voice out of everyone here. <laughs> Do I? Um, screaming wise. Oh. <laughs> Yo, when uh, stay uh, still gonna uh, drop a uh, Christmas, Christmas song. song? There you go, dude. That'd be dope. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. We're kind of just waiting on production of our second song right now. It kind of got just pushed back because November is a really busy time of the month for our producer. So. We probably won't have new stay still till like 2021, and maybe in the meantime we'll just like release like instrumentals for all the songs we have out right now, just to kind of like satiate the needs of the people. But everybody, yeah, make sure you listen to Stay Still. Do um, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Stay still. Two slashes in the middle. You you'll find another one on Spotify with one slash in the middle, but it's still us. You can add two backslashes or two forward slashes. You'll find them either way. Do it. You'll find us and like sixteen other bands with slashes in their name. It's a fraction. Maybe add right? two hyphens instead. Um, from what I gather, our old guitar player, like uh, Daisy, the singer, came up with the name, but the guitar player was really into like HTML. Dot hack, like no anime. I'm talking. <laughs> this dude was like into dot hack and just uh, sword art online. So he was like, we should put two slashes in the middle. And I guess it just kind of stuck. Yeah, everyone was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. The first season of Sword Art was dope. I never I, seen I, it. I never seen it, but they. I trust your anime judgment because you watch some pretty good anime. Yeah. Are we ready to move on to recent listens? Um, shouldn't we go over the big fact of news that was, like, dropped in our lap, which was Tree City Sessions 2? Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, coming out, they're playing on the bridge and stuff, right? Tower Bridge in Sacramento on December 19th. I'm pretty sure this episode probably won't be out by then, but kudos to them for having... It's December 19th, not December 17th. I said 19th. Oh, they said... Oh. Yeah, it's the 19th. Yeah, 19th, like 9 p.m. Pacific or Eastern. Some shit like that. But yeah. Well, it's probably Pacific. Yeah, because they're in California. But if they do it 9 here in California, it would be midnight and like East Coast. So Uh, they'll probably do it like 6 our time. What? And and be sure to check out Marionette's (laughs) live stream that day, too. It's yes, free. yeah, if you're strapped for cash, like a lot of people may be, check out a Marionette's live stream. It's happening on the same day, um, and it's free. So shout out to them. Uh, they're going to perform, I think, some unheard songs that they did with Andres. Um, so Andres check it out. Me. Shout out to those guys, you know. Yeah, support local artists. <laughs> But um, moving on from that, we're going to go into recent listens. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, one thing I, I, I want to add is that how dare you? And I'm talking to everybody out there that voted for Uneasy Hearts way the most. <laughs> how dare you? Dude. We all like that song. I know. It's a great song. but It's a good song, but fuck. Pick something else. We already heard it in the first live stream. Do we really need... like? Hear uh, do we need to hear it on Tree City Sessions 2? No. Maybe Tillian will do this to Andrew this time. Oh, boy. No. Hopefully we get old Andrew this time. But their video Hopefully Andrew of them, will just do the whole thing, right? Being, um, Blue Dream, you know, Tillian sounded great. I'm excited to hear that. I still hope that we get a little bit of Andrew singing it, especially because, like, Andrew covered it on, like, IG Live a couple years back, and he sounded amazing, so. Let it happen, man. Let it be. We'll see. So we know we're getting those two songs and Backwards Pumpkin. Um, I reached out to the chick that that uh, happened to be at the bridge when they were rehearsing, and like I, I DM'd her asking like, "Hey, so what other songs did they play?" But I don't know. I don't think she's even seen my message yet. 
but it'd be dope to kind of find out what they're playing before um, before they they play it. And shout out to uh, I guess uh, the Dance Gavin Dance Facebook group, known as Juan Posting, because they're I think they're gonna do some giveaways for the uh, for tickets to the live stream. So that's pretty cool. Nice. We'll have to figure out like how to drop these episodes in the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll be really giving and dump these episodes on you guys as the weeks progressed. So you guys got something to hold you over the Christmas holiday. Yeah, oh, yeah. as yeah, if Christmas you're listening gift. to this, know that like we probably have like four or five episodes that we haven't put out yet. And that's obviously the unreleased due, stuff. Yeah, the unreleased stuff. material. And that that's due to, you know, like People have lives outside of this. Cash is a busy man. So is Ryan. They do the editing and the mixing. And, uh, you know, I'm traveling for work and David's twerking on like, only... Works like, all 40, works like probably over 40 hours a week, it seems like. It's good for him, but he's like very... He works very hard, too. So, I mean, you couldn't yeah. make it today. If you guys can make us a Patreon and just like dump money into our accounts, we could quit our day jobs and our lives. <laughs> we could do this for you constantly, but till that day happens, we're just gonna do this the best that we can. And it seems you guys are enjoying it, so we're just gonna keep doing it the best that we can. Oh yeah, big big shout out to Anthony on fire from the Seafloor Cinema. Um, he posted his like 2020 wrapped, and we were his most listened to podcast. So one person has confirmed that they listen to us. So shout yeah, out, shout, shout out, out to Anthony. But it's just Anthony. <laughs> hey, we love you, Anthony. It's like drop that music make... video. Yeah, dude. Hey, if, we'll you, if we're your number one podcast, y'all should definitely post that and tell us. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> Maybe we'll throw you some merch someday when we get it. <laughs> yeah. We've actually thrown the idea of merch around, but like usually yeah. the way things work is if you guys start demanding it, then we have to start fulfilling that demand. But if you're not asking for it, just like playlist, it doesn't happen if you don't ask for it. Take that. Yeah. So recent listens. Um, I don't know, yeah, what, who wants what? demo team sweatpants? I want a demo team jersey, like a hockey jersey. But we'd have to oh, sell them cool. for like 160 a piece or something. We'd yeah, have to, to make. We'd have to immediately become the the bands that sell their merch like for very expensive, and then everyone complains about it. Exactly. Sell, yeah. Sell out We're gonna become project. counterparts overnight. <laughs> Cost of production is high, man. Yeah. Especially during these times right now, pandemic, man. Where? Houses are just full of boxes and shirts and shit. I'll sew them myself. Yes, we will spit on every single one of your jackets if you order Bleed them for them. Yes, like pure blood though, nothing contain- contaminated. I'll give you one armpit hair. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in the dye mix, dude. All right. So, so recent listens. Um, speaking of Christmas music, I totally forgot. 100 Gex, they uh, they dropped the Christmas song called Sympathy for the Grinch. I probably I maybe that. listened to it once and I didn't really take it in, but it it's not 
that different than what you would expect from 100 Gex. It sounds a lot like Stupid Horse. Um, yeah, so I, I might have to like re-listen to that and kind of get a, uh, I guess, a better opinion on it. It's definitely better than the Tillian and Anthony Green song. No shade. I want like, I would love to hear those two work again in a better musical environment. Um, more post-hardcore setting. A better musical season. Yeah, or <laughs> just not with that producer. Um, but Deftones, they, you know, they've been teasing the White Pony remix album, and they dropped a, like their latest song from it, which is a teenager remix, which was remixed by Robert Smith of The Cure, and it did not disappoint. It's a very vibey. Um, you know, it's probably maybe like I guess Deftones' like saddest sounding song. Um, but yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, Spirit Box. If you haven't heard of them, um, definitely check them out because they've been kind of blowing up here and there. Um, you know, uh, slowly but surely. Uh, they released a new song called Constance, and it's really good. It's not as heavy um, as, you know, songs like Holy Roller or, and I can't remember what was the song that came out before that, um, but it's very vibey. It's like a very beautiful song and it gets a little heavy towards the end. Um, yeah, they're really great and they're, you know, like anytime they drop something new, I got to listen to it right away. Other than that, uh, San Holo uh, dropped a new song called BB You Okay, and I don't know, it's really good if you're into EDM, uh, kind of, I guess, like the hyper pop sound. Um, definitely check that out. What do you guys got? Cash, you want to go first? Uh, why don't you go, Ryan? Yeah, sure, no problem at all, man. So this week, um, I've been stuck listening to Coletta on repeat. You know, just repeat constantly. That's all I can listen to. It's just, it's it's a disease, man. It's festered into my brain and it's become its own thing. But other than that, um, Dropout Kings came out with a new song that's featuring Hacktivist. And any song that features uh, a a sample from Half Baked is a a great song. But the fact that it's it's an amazing song on top of that is actually just... It works in its favor. Definitely check out Dropout Kings. They're doing a lot of great stuff. Blown up real good, real well. Love those dudes. Origami Button came out with a new song. And if you guys are into that swancore, math rock, kind of like ambient, just vibey guitar work, definitely check them out. They're they're moving on up. They're bringing out new stuff. I think this is just the first of a couple they've got in the pocket. Um, Odidius. Yeah, shout out to out. Origami Button. I know like a lot of people were waiting on them to drop something new so yeah so the fact that we're getting it is like a, a huge boon for us in the community good to see them keeping up the hustle and grind um odidius has a new song out right now called betwixt them features a lot of talented folk i mean i could i gotta bring up like a, a shit ton of features but just trust me when i say that the song is packed with just great talent anna managuchi came out with a new song called stay home which is really cool it sounds a little more like archaic, like 8-bit, like sounds from like the generation before Nintendo. So 
it's definitely cool to hear them experiment with different types of like video game noises. I'm a huge fan of them. I've been a fan of a long time. I think since shit way before uh, the freaking Scott Pilgrim game came out. I think I've said that like six times on this podcast, but I'm going to keep saying it because I just really like Anamanaguchi. I mean, who doesn't? Who I, I like them. Um, I was really into the Endless Fantasy album, which I think. I don't know if it came out before or after the Scott Pilgrim after. track. But, yeah, I guess if you're into that album, the Stay Home song doesn't sound too much different than what they were doing there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know Fantasy who else came out with a Christmas song? Uh, if I Die First. Which oh, I was hoping, yeah. You're... I was hoping we'd get something like, like you know, uh, Christmas Massacre or... or the 12 Days of Christmas song by From First to Last. But it was more along the lines of like a parody acoustic song, which... Hey, everyone loves those. Sure. <laughs> uh, check, check it out. Shout out to If I Die First. Um, yeah, man. Thank can't you wait for that second EP to drop out. Oh, yeah. 2021 oh, yeah. is going to be a good year, man. Like, There's a lot of promise of good music and people that have been sitting on releases in uh, uh, 2020 thinking that shows would come back realizing that maybe they should probably drop something so keep your eyes open people there's tons of good stuff Off coming out dollar. yeah if only record labels would stop like holding up great music a man yeah. can dream alright yes. Cash what you got for recent listening alright let's see Uh, let's do a lot of uh well, of course the new Colette album, which I think is probably my album of the year. It's uh pretty much combined like a lot of different genres that I've been really into, and it's like one album, and so so good. Yeah, it's if you haven't listened to it yet, you should definitely get on it. Um, a lot of MXPX. Oh, uh, what what uh album? I'll just like a little bit of everything. They got a good Christmas song. Oh, yeah, they do Christmas very well. I mean, like most pop punk bands do. I was a huge MXPX fan, like in middle school and I guess maybe freshman year. Saw them live a bunch of times. One time it was with Dashboard Confessional and Brand New. That was a oh, that's, that's a cool lineup right there. Yes, it was. Uh, Had a little uh, Bloody Wood who, I guess got kind of big over the summer like on Twitter and actually I think I even like corresponded with their singer on Twitter a little bit but yeah they're a cool band out of India um, they kind of they kind of sound a little bit like I don't know like Bring Me the Horizon but like a little I don't know more mainstream I guess but they're cool you should check them out because you know I think I might have seen, like, their music video. You said they were from India? Yeah. They use, like, Indian instruments. I mean, there's, like, a lot of really cool music that people are making, like, outside of the United States and England that is really yeah. pushing the envelope. And you should definitely expand your horizons if you really feel like look hearing some good stuff. Um, like, if you don't listen to at least five Japanese bands and, like, exactly. K-pop group, don't even fucking talk to me about music. For sure. Japan's <laughs> making some of the best stuff right now. 
a little bit of Iggy Pop, and finally the Naked and the Famous was really into them this week. Oh shit, that's fucking throwing it back, man. Well, they had like news. They had stuff that came out this year that was actually pretty solid. Yeah, I I think I added it to our recent listens when like uh, probably over the summer when they dropped. Never dropped, yeah. But they were they were cool. Um, I saw, dude, I saw them live with a uh, modest mouse and purity ring at at a. All right, that's festival. another good lineup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, I miss shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, horse the band dropped their new stuff, which was like all right, but yes, I mean. I like their little stuff better, but I do like that they covered Marsha Pigs. That's probably one of my favorite uh, Nine Inch Nails songs. So. And that's it, was, it for me. It was vibey. You know, I wish they would have uh, kept like the 8-bit sound. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, new Horse of Band is good enough for me, honestly. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, Levity, who I'm friends with uh, one of their, one of I think their guitarist... I don't know exactly what instrument he plays. They dropped their single finally, which I talked about him a couple weeks ago. And um, I actually talked to him about it. He said they're actually they're a cool up and coming band. They like actually opened for like Kurt Travis, Andres, Imrosa, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, Bill Murray. Um, they're out of Florida. They're out of Orlando specifically, and they're um, homies with like Macari and I Met a Yeti. And uh, their news, their single was, it kind of feels like an older, like, post-hardcore sound, but, like, with a lot more of, like, this modern, like, swancore, like, guitar sound on it. So, definitely worth checking it out. And, uh, you know, support your small bands as much as you support your big bands. Can't all be listening to Dance Kevin Dance all the time, so. If not even more, you know. If not even more, exactly. They're really cool. At the very least. And it was actually it was mastered by Andrew Wade, who uh, worked with a day to remember wage war and misfortune. And uh, that's it for me. Nice. I dig it. So we just plug the socials and be on our way. All right. Oh yeah. Did anybody check out that new Attack Attack? No. It's on I mean, it was Fox just like Octane, a snippet, right? right? Like they haven't dropped the song yet. I think, I think they dropped the song, the they dropped the but. Song. Today's the day, so I, I, I was hoping someone had checked on it, but we could probably just talk about Does it. Does anyone episode. have XM Radio? Uh, fuck. To be honest, <laughs> honest, like the, like with the snippet, it sounded a little too like modern, like almost what you'd expect like a band to make, and I kind of liked Attack Attack because they almost sounded kind of original and like they pushed music forward but i'm really looking forward to hearing this new song and you know hopefully hopefully it's good yeah i'm optimistic i want i want to like it you know i don't want to like i want to give the devil their due you know like i I understand it's only two original members but at the same time it's like music's still a task it's still hard to do and even having this banner this name on them it just puts more pressure on them to at least like supply something that's going to be like half up to expectation so i'm optimistic yeah i mean it's one of my favorites and i'm definitely gonna check it out and i mean if they tour again i'm definitely gonna be there whenever that happens but that might be like a year down the road so 
Hey, yeah, but but they confirmed that it's no Caleb Shomo or no Johnny Frank, right? Yeah, no oh, Austin Carlo, obviously. Yeah, but, obviously, but yeah, he's praying away his problems. But he's probably gonna be dead pretty soon. But uh, I mean, I, of course, Johnny Frank has came out with like a great album with Bill Murray. So I yep. mean. Dudes are killing it. If it just yeah. means if Attack Attack at least makes music that's half as good as Bill Murray or Beartooth, at least we're like kind of winning in some uh, regard. Yeah. Hopefully it's better than half as good as Beartooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them live at Vegas. They were they weren't bad. They they're definitely not my like go to jam, but like I can respect the hustle. But Bill Murray, that I would put that as my maybe my second favorite release. Uh yeah. Next to Coletta's album. Top, top five for me, for sure. There was a lot of good albums that came out in 2020, though, but I guess we'll talk about it with David next week. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it, guys. It was great to have this episode. Thanks to everybody for listening. Um, You can find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram, at Ryan slash slash. You can find me on Twitter, at Ryan slash slash, with the number one at the end of it. You can find me everywhere else. It's pretty much the same thing. Find me on TikTok at Ryan Stay Still. There you go. You made and, a TikTok? I was thinking about making a TikTok. I made a TikTok because it, we're in the final days of it being ungimped because now it's owned by yeah. uh, American companies. So it's the gonna get algorithm is, yeah, the, the algorithm's going to get just like Instagram. It's just going to get just like Facebook. So I'm in the twilight of it being its thing. And I've gotten decent. You know, I'm just plugging. I'm probably going to have to change up the way I present format and my content there just to kind of fit in with the crowd because it's oh, very video-based. Oh, you're putting and... out content there? Yeah. Are you doing, like, little dances and stuff? No, that's what I'm trying to say. He's uh, to doing infographics. I hit a roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she twerked. <laughs> Ryan yeah, twerked. About Taylor, who's absolutely killing it oh, on TikTok, yeah, by the way. Um, yeah, Taylor. She got over a million uh, views on her TikTok uh, story. Dude, that's pretty cool. There, Sick I mean, there's her, some dude. cool people on on TikTok, like doing like, like I like watching like the challenge or not like challenges, but like, like what songs a bop, which ones not, and there's like post hardcore and pop punk versions. Most of the yeah. time, they're like super cringe, though, like what's your favorite emo song? And they throw in like Evanescence and Lincoln Park in there. Yeah. I'm like, there's a lot of uh, time to buy. It's like a lot of normie shit. People that I think, in my opinion, who I've watched and actually like, I make time in my day to actually watch their content would be Grebo playlist, Anthony Pachecho of, uh, simple. And he was in dwellings. He's got really good content on there. Um, tired violence who we've shouted out on here a couple of times. They're absolutely killing it on there, like doing cover. Like he did, they just released like a cover of a Justin Bieber song. Justin and Bieber, got, like, yeah, that was a like the guy who played guitar on that is like this really cool uh, covers. Yeah, like, heavy and versions got, like, of like pop songs. Got like fifteen thousand streams in one week, dude, and like it's just like that dude's just a mad killer on the TikTok, dude. He's got himself a little cult following. Good for him. But. Cash, what about your social medias? <laughs> uh, you can reach me at uh, the Cashley Spicer on Instagram 
or Cash Tool Man Spicer. I do not have a TikTok yet, so you can't hit me up there, but maybe next week. I don't know. Well, I don't know what the fuck I put on TikTok, but uh, yeah, that's that's it for me. You can find us at the Demo Team Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're everywhere. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, everywhere. Wait, we're, on Apple we're on now. Apple now. Did you get us on? I think. Tell me where to go, and I will get us on. Oh there. yeah, okay. I'll get you. I'll do it. Yeah, it's we'll, just, we'll I think figure it's just it out a format for you. Thing. Poor yeah, Apple. We'll, we'll get on Apple for 2021, and then our world takeover will begin. We'll just show everyone the way of the, the correct. But we'll at least be on Stitcher by then. <laughs> what the fuck is Stitcher? Adobe obviously, Radio. Obviously, you don't listen to podcasts, but. To it. I don't listen to podcasts, just this podcast. Dude, me either, honestly. If I listen to other podcasts, then I would, like, I'm afraid I'll copy people. I don't want to copy people. Oh, dude, I'm a huge uh, podcast listener. Like, not. Like the exception. Uh, like I love Lee Singer Syndrome. Like that's the exception of the rule. Just because it's like my favorite kind of people on like a podcast. Honestly, I kind of want to get back into them, but yeah, I need I to. Maybe they we should just listen to our podcast so we get more listens. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really li- like interviewed anybody that I cared about recently, but I'll have to double check. All right, I gotta go, guys. So. All right, man. It was a great episode today, guys. Yep. Later. Everybody take care. Later. Take care, guys. Bye.